Get ready for your weekly dose of talent strategies and tactics from industry leaders to help you attract, select, and retain your top talent. You're listening to Inside Executive Search with Steve Yakish and Scott Peterson. Executive Search Podcast. My name is Steve Yakish, and this podcast is for board members, business owners, and executives seeking strategies and tactics to retain the very best. If you're struggling or not feeling confident that you have a plan to attract the very best, keep listening. This podcast will help you get there. That said, I'd like to welcome in everybody's fan favorite, Scott Peterson from Verseek Search. Hello, everybody. Good to be back this week, and we're going to switch it up a little bit. We are. We're going to go deeper into the organization and uh, and talk about some interesting things that uh, most of us have heard about, and uh, but a lot of us struggle with. Still scratching our head, right? We are. All right. So this is for business owners and executives that have are have difficulty answering the million dollar question: How do we hire and retain millennials? Right. right. Yeah. So we're going to go through eight strategies today that. We've researched, we've seen firsthand, and through interviews and talking to a lot of our uh, you know, board members, executives in our network, and then doing a lot of research, and we, we kind of curated them into eight topics, right? Yeah, the, kind of the eight top things that um, really help drive that attraction and retention of millennials. That should be the title of our podcast. That was good. That just, right, that just came out of nowhere. So, Taylor, you like that? Did you write it down? All right. Yeah, just cool. by the way, so Taylor sitting over here is our, our executive uh, podcast central, uh, command uh, central uh, guru. guru. But she's also millennial. So we're getting the head nods of, yes, this is right on, or we're getting the no. So we may have her jump in uh, uh, to, uh, to give her opinion on somebody yeah. as we go. Perfect. Mini guest host. Yeah, a little mini. Yeah, mini. unexpected guest. Mini. Yeah. So let's define the millennials. Who are they? Mm-hmm. And the upcoming generation as well, Gen Z. Correct. Or Gen I. I've heard a million different. I don't yeah. think anybody's settled on what the next generation officially is called. But the the millennial population is born between 1981 and 1996. And if math is right, that puts the oldest of the millennials at, what, 34, 35 years old? Yep, right in there. Right in there. And then we have Gen Z is what we're going to go with today, which is the, the following generation. And that's anybody obviously born 1997 or later, right? That's correct. Yes. All right. So we've also talked to a lot of HR executives and other leaders within the organizations and kind of the quote that kind of keeps resonating or coming uh, or becoming a common theme is, I just don't know what they want. You know, employers are struggling to recruit and also retain millennials, right? And and we have some stats to kind of prove that out as well. Yeah, it's, you know, they're just, people, they just struggle because it's not the things that this this demographic, right? And we should also tell you that this demographic is now the largest employer group, right, <laughs> by numbers. So, you know, the, the fact that we're still having to talk about it mm-hmm. is is alarming because we should we should be all over this from how do we, how do we attract and retain these, um, this demographic. Um, millennials is sometimes is a, comes across as a bad word, like they don't work hard, they're lazy. None of that can, is farther from the truth. And so we just want to help people kind of understand what really motivates and really um, 
gets this demographic excited about going to their to their company every day. Absolutely. Well, and before we jump into our eight um, topics or keys um, that we want to talk about today, uh, a few stats that I think are, are relevant to the conversation. So the millennials in a recent poll, 21% of millennials changed jobs in the last 12 months. So that's, you know, one out of every five um, right. is leaving. And, you know, I think if anybody surveys their organization, if they have... 20 millennials in, you know, in the organization, they're losing, you know, five of them every year. Um, how do you stop that bleeding? Right. Uh, you know, um, I'm no mathematician, but 20% seems kind of high. Yeah. That's a high turnover yeah. rate. Right. So then all, within that survey as well, uh, 60% of the millennials said that they would leave or they are open to a new opportunity um, if something better came along. So these eight tactics, strategies that you know you're going to walk us through will hopefully take that 60% and just keep it at 60% um, that they're still open, but they're not going to leave because the company right. is, is is addressing the millennial population right. within the workplace. Okay. All right. Well, let's dive right into it. So um, one through eight, it's all yours, Scott. Yeah. So these are the key attributes that matter most to millennials. Um Making sure we we step back during the hiring process that we emphasize that these attributes are within their company. So we'll mm-hmm. talk more specifically. Then once they're on board, you have to deliver on these attributes. Yeah, you can't just talk about them. You have to actually live them. So again, these are really key for this demographic to really be engaged and really be um, uh, dedicated to staying at your company, growing with your company as well. So yeah, and for, I think to, to, to interrupt you, sorry, but. You know, when you say deliver in the workplace, I mean, I think if, if I want to draw an analogy, it's like, you know, a company that says, here's our core values, but they just sit on in a picture frame on a wall. They're not really core values, right? Right. It's an organization that has core values that drive it and, to your point, deliver it in the workplace every day. That same analogy, yeah, right? Those so are the companies that will win with millennials for yep, sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> so the first one I, I want to talk about is is they value the ability to move up in the organization. So they, 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 they want to have promotional opportunities, but they also want um, business challenges. They may not have a title change, but maybe they've got, they were asked to, to participate in something new. So they're growing within the organization. Um, this is critical to help them visualize their career path, mm-hmm. help them understand, not only during the hiring process, but after, just again, sitting down and talking to them. We've talked in previous podcasts, Steve, about annual reviews are, are sort of done mm-hmm. and you need to do ongoing communication. This is what we're talking about is making sure that you're listening to this demographic group specifically, what their aspirations are. Are they getting those achieve, Are they achieving those in your company? Mm-hmm. Um, again, mentoring and leadership. I mean, tie, the, tie a millennial in your company to a mentor that's kind of been there for a while, been done that, help them. Uh, drive some of these attributes through as well. Absolutely. Well, and I think in, I'll I'll preview the second topic for you is, you know, they're eager to, you know, to expand their skills and knowledge base, right? Um, To go along with that. But what what does that mean? I mean, what is expanding? Yeah, so let's just think about, so um, they're eager to to learn and expand their skills, okay? So what does Mm -hmm. that mean? If they're asked to do something, and we did this with Taylor, Mm -hmm. as we started this podcast, we said, Taylor, help us figure out how to record this, how to edit it. She took it upon herself to get trained on all of these things. Now, we had to give her sort of that, please go do it. But that 
allowed her to increase her skills that she can now use not only for our podcast, but for others in our company that are going to mm-hmm. do future podcasts. Yep. You know, she really enjoyed it. She was frustrated by it because mm-hmm. it was already like all learning on her own. Yeah. But it was something that after the fact, now that she looks back, um, she really now takes that as a very a positive uh, uh, learning skill. Yep. So how does one though, and, and I know we talked about this, you know, prior to recording, but kind of benchmarking my growth versus my peers and other companies. What what do you mean by that? Yeah. So um, one of the things you need to do is is obviously look at what you're doing at your company. But how do you know you're doing everything that you can that 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 this demographic wants to do? So look at your peers. So if you're in um, a software as a service company, try to figure out through networking through other other avenues. What are they doing to um, um, provide those opportunities for millennials, right? Yeah. Are they doing something unique? Um, it's always easier to um, uh, copy than to come up with something on your own. And copying isn't a bad thing in this case. Yeah. And this might be something you haven't thought of before. Yeah. So benchmarking with peers and leading and other leading companies. So it doesn't have to be in your industry, but it mm-hmm. could be a, like you know a company that you respect a lot that hires a lot of millennials. So you're like, hmm, well, they probably have some programs Let's find out what those are. Yep. What have they learned, right? Right. Yep. Awesome. All right. What's next? Millennials really like to be at a company that is financially performing and strong, right? They want to be on a winning team. Mm-hmm. They want they, they, they value that stability that a financial financially solid company provides, um, and they they're a little bit maybe risk adverse from that perspective. So let me let me ask you this, um, going off script a little bit, but if I'm working in Target, all the financials are published every quarter, sometimes monthly. Right. You know exactly how healthy, and obviously it's Target. You you know your job is more than likely pretty conservative. Target's not going to go bankrupt and close their doors, right? Yeah, probably not. Totally um, no. Yeah. So you, you always know kind of where the company's <clears throat> right. at from, from a high level inside of a public company. Um, but most companies are privately held. What guidance do you would you give executives that are leading a privately held company um, that typically doesn't disclose, you know, financials because they are private. How would you help millennials feel, or what information would you provide them if you're in a private company? Well, let's hold that, Steve, until mm-hmm. the last one where we talk about open and transparent communication. All right, Chuck. Um, we'll we'll hold break that. that down, Taylor. Make um, sure we don't. But that's don't a great question, and I think there's some strategies and tactics that okay. those companies can. Uh, employ. See, that's what I get for going off script. It's, it's okay. I'm ruining, the, I'm ruining, ruining We're the, back. the rhythm. All right. What's the next one? Um, kind of tied to financial performance, they want to be with a company that, got, that has a track record of being successful, right? Um, have they been continuing to grow? Are they act, doing acquisitions? Um, they want to be part of a winning team, right? So, um, again, looking, you know, before you get hired as a, as a millennial, I know what you do. You're doing Google searches, you're looking at Glassdoor, you're looking at stories, you're looking at um, different things about that company, the leadership, the people they've hired to mm-hmm. see are they successful and are the people that they hired, are they successful? So yeah. again, another thing to just to make sure that you're, um, you're, you're talking about during the hiring process as well about the successes that you've had as a company. Cool. All right, so we have four left. Yeah, so millennials, uh, again, this demographic, I hate using the word millennials, but this demographic sure. of, of employees um, likes to be at a purpose-driven company. And mm-hmm. what does that mean? Yep. Uh, it could be twofold. One, the company could have a purpose, like we have a, 
uh, a pacemaker. So we're saving lives every sure. day with our product. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're in a company that doesn't have that, mm-hmm. um, what are other things that they can do? So the community involvement that that company could be in, charities they support, um, you know, uh, Christmas and other holidays that they they support in the community mm-hmm. that can be the purpose driven part of the organization that, that a millennial can really tie themselves to. Sure, no, that makes sense, and I think you know it to be able to show up and articulate what are you doing. I mean, you know, like us as an example. I mean, we're going to help companies thrive and grow through the acquisition of of key and top talent. But on the flip side, we're also helping the individuals we're placing candidates find right. maybe a different career path. But all of that success allows us to give back to the community. Right. Right. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. It makes sense. So let me ask you this. So if I'm a manufacturer of recycled plastics and I turn it into lumber, I mean, what, what's my purpose? I mean, I, I have some ideas, but I mean, how <laughs> yeah. do you, well, I mean, but take a, that type of yeah. example. I mean, how do you, how do you give purpose to a millennial if you're a, manufacturer of a widget that goes into a component that eventually ends up in a car good question <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of intricacies with that question yeah, right. um, but again I get back to it it really is it doesn't matter as much about what you make or do mm-hmm. um, again some companies are more hey we're making life-saving devices other ones are we're recycling plastic to make it into plastic lumber that they use on decks well, the purpose there is we're not putting that plastic in landfills, right? Sure. So we're manufacturing boards at the end of the day, but really we've stopped a, a piece of the, the chain that's causing pollution that we want to get rid of. Yep. Right? Awesome. So, that's a great example. It makes a ton of sense. Um, another area that millennials really, really thrive in is having a consistent and authentic message about the company's mission, mission and vision. Sure. Um, again, do we, does the company live those key um, components of mission and vision? We just have it printed on the wall, but we don't do it. Millennials will see that very readily after they start. Now, you mm-hmm. might get them here, yeah. but you're not going to keep them without follow, you know, following on um, that mission, mission and vision that, that is so important. Well, and it goes back to you, you got to deliver in the workplace, right? Right. Like you mentioned earlier. Absolutely. Okay. Two left. It's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, millennials really um, love strong leadership. It really helps them feel good about their company they've got a they've got a captain at the helm of the ship right that you believe in all of the other attributes that that the ceo or owner of the company is really driving to mm-hmm. so really key leadership executive leadership is a really important component um to the millennials yeah and i think that one probably resonates um, through all generations but i think it's it's still worthy to right. highlight for the millennials um but if you don't have strong leadership and you're not delivering on your promise, your vision every day, I don't care if you're a millennial or a, a baby boomer, you're probably going to look elsewhere. Yeah, I'll give you an example of maybe the opposite side of that is, um, you know, the, 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 the generation that never left their jobs, right? Mm-hmm. That they were, you know, 20, 30 years into a company. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've known some people, I have relatives that have done that, and they didn't believe in their leadership of the company. But they ne- they never they had a different mindset in terms of staying with the organization, and so even though their leadership may have not been what they would consider great, mm-hmm. they still stayed with the company. So it's just okay. a little bit that of a change sense. over the generations, but it's been a slow change, obviously, mm-hmm. from from Gen X all the way uh, now to millennials. Got it. All right, the last one, which you previewed, open and transparent 
communication. Yes. Yeah, so this is where we talk about um, how the company's doing. And, and you, you spoke a little bit earlier about what if they don't want to share the detailed um, you know, profitability of the company. There are metrics that you can still share with the organization about, hey, we grew um, last quarter 15% in revenue. Um, so you make it a little less specific, but mm-hmm. positive in the sort of the, the directional the areas that we're going. Sure. Um, so I think they want to know, are we growing? Are we hiring? You know, all those things are important. So keeping those things in mind, and again, every company's got to kind of slice um, theirs up a little bit different depending on sure. if they're privately held versus publicly held. Good. I know that makes a ton of sense. Awesome. Well, we, we crammed eight into this pro into this podcast <laughs> yeah. so we went we went uh, <clears throat> we went fast but I think each one of them carry a ton of weight um, in the both attraction and retain and retain retention of Millennials and and I think too I mean if you're focusing on these eight for the Millennial generation the rest of the generations in your workplace are going to benefit from it as well yeah, and, and, and my guess is even though generation Z or I or whatever the <laughs> letter is we're given the newer um, uh, people to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is these are going to resonate with that group as equally as strong as the millennials. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think we're going to have a big, uh, big switch in terms of expectations from from this group. Awesome. Well, thanks for that insight. Um, next week we have a, a guest. Um, we're going to bring in what well, we talked about in, in previous podcasts: the importance and valuable um, the the value that executive peer groups bring. So we have one of um, those peer group chairs coming in to kind of share his um, thoughts on peer groups and and what they bring to the table. And so it's um, Wayne from uh, Vistage is going to come in. And I think he has four different peer groups that he chairs. Um, So we're we're excited to bring him into uh, the podcast next week. Yeah, I'm excited. He's going to share things around um, the the, the positive and, and transformational changes that happen uh, by being part of a peer group and being able to leverage those peer groups to help your company grow and succeed. It's going to be great. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. As always, if you want to get a hold of Scott, you can look him up on LinkedIn and or Verseek.com. And if you like what you hear each week when uh, you tune into us, feel free to subscribe to the Inside Executive Search podcast on all your favorite podcast channels. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. All right. Take care.